0: And now presenting, the Date Night Drive-In.
1: Hello friends, and welcome back to the Date Night Drive-In.
0: With me, well.
1: And me, Em.
0: Yeah, welcome in. The popcorn is freshly popped and we've refilled the pick and mix bins just for you.
1: I am really enjoying these little bits that you're doing.
0: It's... It's challenging each time to come up with something equally charming, but I'm doing my best. <laughs> uh,
1: so, this is our third episode. It is. It's coming out in March, because we're backlogging a little bit. We are
0: backlogging a, a little bit.
1: Um, for this episode, we are covering the movie Scarface, which I know absolutely nothing about.
0: I know like, a little bit more about, but I've still never watched it. So... Our two films so far, as i gulps loudly into the microphone, um, <laughs> have been Casablanca and Avengers Infinity War. Scarface came out in 1983, so it's right in the middle of the two, time speaking, mm-hmm. which I think is just sort of a neat coincidence, basically. Yeah, I'm
1: excited for this to be a first opinion watch for both of us, because uh-huh. both of the movies I at least have seen before, yeah. so I've gone in with like preconceived Notions, opinions, yeah. yeah, and then have I find, for me personally, if every time I watch a new movie, if I really enjoy it, I always like to do a second watch pretty soon after, mm-hmm. um, because I think the first watch is sort of the first impressions, and then the second watch can kind of be a lot more thoughtful. Yeah. Um, so I'm really interested to see how my second watch is gonna be. First Your, watch, first watch. My first watch, first impressions, and then the first watch, watch it again. Yeah.
0: Okay. So Scarface is actually currently 116 on the IMDb Top 100. It was in the Top 100 when I wrote the notes down yeah. in December. So I guess they must have done some rejigging at the start of a new year or
1: something. This is the disclaimer. So the I believe the IMDb Top 100, Top 250, which is the yeah. list we're pulling from, is based on the current ratings of films on the site.
0: Yeah, is that. And I think it also uses a mixture of some other sort of metrics.
1: The list we took down was um, at the start of December 2021. And I think... Hopefully, as the years go on and as this continues, then it's going to be funnier for us to be like, oh, so-and-so movie was in the top 100. Yeah. When it's not going to be relevant at all because of how many good movies are going to come out.
0: Well, it would be nice, and I'm sure there'll be new original properties and not just the same properties again (laughs) and remakes and reboots and uh, MCU film number 58.
1: Well, those reboots are making it into the top 100, so, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, this film, of course, is a reboot. Is it? I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, I told
1: so, when I said I know nothing about Scarface. I yeah. mean, like I know nothing about Scarface. So this
0: film is actually based on a 1932 film, also called, also called Scarface, mm. um, and it actually uses a lot of the same plot as well. So um, of the three writers credited for this film, two were just the writers for the original film. Oh, sick! And they just basically updated um, language, setting, and some character beats. But ultimately, it is more or less it's like the um, um, A Star Is Born remake where. Mm. They sort of keep the same energy. They just ch- change the setting. And I have never a seen a Star
1: Is Born movie and I never will. God bless.
0: Uh, the, one with, um, the one with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga was like, okay. Uh, anyway. Um, so, Scarface came out in 1983, mm-hmm. as I mentioned. You said? It was directed by Brian De Palma, who has directed a number of other classic action films. There was The Untouchables mm-hmm. and um, Mission Impossible, for example. Nice. He's done a few others as well that you might recognise. Um he did the cavalry film that came out in the 70s
1: Yes 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 oh,
0: that's another uh, movie of which there have been several versions okay
1: so we're dealing with a guy who I at least I think get on with his movies which is quite nice.
0: Yeah yeah there's nothing like awful there. um Oliver Stone who you may have heard of was the writer who sort of reshaped it from the original plot into um, this version. The cast for such a big movie is quite compact, but it's well known for the big performances by Al Pacino and Michelle yeah, Pfeiffer. Yeah. Both of whom.
1: Michelle Pfeiffer's in this movie? Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's I love she's her. kind of the
0: female lead, sort of. Oh, or good for her. Um, this film, unlike Casablanca, uh, didn't get any Oscar nominations at all. Mm-hmm. It got three Golden Globe nominations, but actually didn't win any yeah. awards. It at basically
1: all... handed out Golden Globes I know, as well. I know.
0: Um, so this one was at. Now it's considered quite a classic gangster film, you know, like Martin Scorsese, who is sort of like the the (laughs) godfather of the gangster film sort of genre, um, talks about this as one of like the must-see foundational gangster films.
1: That's so interesting. At
0: the time, it was quite controversial because it's very graphically violent, very explicit, like drug use and the language is is big like because it's not a related movie. what I'm
1: kind of excited about, though. I think for me personally, action films can be very hit or miss- Because I tend to find fight scenes quite boring and car chase scenes quite boring. I just get very distracted. Um, Mm -hmm. But I am a huge fan of graphic violence. So I am very excited to watch it because that's the kind of stuff I enjoy seeing on my screen. Which maybe does not sound so good, but you know.
0: Quentin Tarantino fan, Emilia Chisholm. Uh, (laughs) Fan is a
1: strong word.
0: Um... I'll just going go over a few other little points. Um its budget was twenty five million dollars, which seems
1: What's like, that what's that in today money? It
0: seems quite low to me. I haven't I haven't run it yeah. through the translator, but um, It's a
1: small cast.
0: It, it is a small cast, yeah. Um it's a, it's a small cast, and I suppose a lot of the spectacle was practical effects and stats, anyway.
1: How well known was Brian De Palma at yeah. the point of making this movie? Yeah,
0: he was he wasn't like a legend or anything so it was but,
1: pre-untouchables
0: um uh, no no i believe it was post okay. um but like he he was well known. he was an established director this wasn't um him going out on a limb yeah you know? so do
1: we feel like this was a situation where the studio was like hey brian please remake this movie for us no
0: he he was a really big fan of the original and had really? wanted to do a remake of okay it. um so this yeah. was
1: kind of his post-untouchables baby then yeah, sort of. Yeah. Okay. It's just
0: something he he wanted to do and he was like, Oh yeah, I that's, that's cool, I like
1: that.
0: Uh, I've got a few other fun little trivia things to go through. If that's mm-hmm. okay.
1: Yes, please um, continue.
0: Al Pacino's character in this film is Tony Montana, who's yes. who's Cuban, who's a person of colour. And yes. obviously Al Pacino is not a person of colour. Yes. So that's sort of a hmm. a topic of some debate, especially because he plays up kind of a a bit of a South American stereotype, yeah. I would say, in this film, from the bits I've seen of it. So we'll have to see how that
1: yeah, ages, I can I do a little bit is. of reading around reception as well.
0: Yeah, that that'd be great if you can. We can talk about that um after we've watched the movie.
1: Two white people talking about racial portrayal in movies. I know, right? Favorite kind of movie podcast, guys. The
0: other the other sort of two little fun trivia facts we have are that um Brian De Palma, the director, mm, mm-hmm. was really close friends with Steven Spielberg. Yeah, and Steven Spielberg um has actually actually directed a number of the action scenes in this movie. Just because um, he was on set and oh, Brian De was like, hey, do you want to just like do the camera for this bit? Does
1: he get directing credit? Uh, I don't
0: know. Or was it, it just like... This according to IMDb's trivia page, which is where my pre-movie research comes
1: <laughs> from.
0: Um, the other fact is also Brian Palmer. adjacent fact, mm-hmm. which is that he was meant to direct Flashdance, <gasps> which was coming out at the same time. Oh, what
1: a good movie.
0: But he decided not to direct it to focus on Scarface instead.
1: Honestly, given his past, his directorial past... I don't know if he would have been the best choice no. for Flashdance. So, it's a pretty great movie. So, yeah. I, I kind of, you know, all's well that ends well. Yeah,
0: I just think it's interesting. It's yeah. like um, how, oh, uh, who was it? Who was meant to direct, um, Taika Waititi didn't end up directing Moana, for example. Yeah. And, which is obviously a fantastic film. Yeah. And you sort of wonder what would have happened if he had.
1: Well, there would have been a lot more um, Crab Man. Yes. I can't remember his name, Jermaine Clement. Yeah, no, I but I am at the oh, uh, Taman Tower? Yeah, there would I think there would have been a lot more Tamatawa Tower if so. Any, anyway, mm, back, no on, back
0: on track. Um, just gonna quickly talk through the rough plot.
1: Oh, no spoilers. No
0: spoilers. Um, this is the the conceit, the concept. Yeah. Um, Tony Montana, played by Al Pacino, mm-hmm. is a Cuban ex convict and refugee who emigrates to Miami in 1980. So it's sort of a contemporary. Hell yeah, Party movie. City. Um, it, Him and um, one of his friends uh, called Manny Mm -hmm. um, start off quite low uh, working as dishwashers and they eventually work their way up to become drug kingpins and start rivalries with other sort of drug lords in the US. So it's kind of a typical gangster, like rags to riches sort of story.
1: My knowledge about like drug lord gangster movies have literally two touchstones. Which are the first is the only episode of Breaking Bad I've ever seen, which is the first one, yeah. and the second is the fried chicken episode of Community,
0: which is um based on Goodfellas. Good yeah. yeah, so it, you you're working with the right kind of language. Yeah. You know, with um, with those two films. Okay, um, well, uh, two two TV episodes actually, both yeah. TV episodes. Um, so what I always think is interesting about films is that they tell you a lot about the cultural status of the countries at the time they were made so this is sort of you know it's a very capitalistic story isn't it right so it's sort of reflecting the capitalist mindset of the us in the 80s but mixed with the uh immigration storyline i think it's really interesting
1: well i mean it kind of depends what angle you're coming from it definitely covers that topic yeah but um well the...
0: but but by by covering the topic that's reflecting what was in the mindset of the U.S. as a culture at the time. Yeah, I, mean. I was more
1: approaching it as the moral of the story. I think a capitalist tale is inherently one that's pro-capitalism, and if this is about like rising to the top and destroying well, your life, I don't know if that's I, a pro-capitalist I, I don't think narrative. you're
0: right that any capitalist narrative is pro-capitalist.
1: Okay, I don't think yeah. you're right.
0: Okay, okay, <laughs> is
1: that fair? I mean, I
0: just think that's a really limited and reductive way of looking at it. Any story about capitalism is pro-capitalism?
1: No, I don't. But I think the story... If you use the ter- the adjective capitalist to describe okay. a story... so
0: you're, you're being really nitpicky then.
1: Well, no, if I said something was an environmentalist story... I'm looking forward to you, you, cu- did... you
0: cutting this bit out. No, really I'm not going to cut it out.
1: If you said something was an environmentalist story, you'd assume it was pro-environment. And I think the same is true for that description. No,
0: well, if I said environmentalist narrative... Yeah. But, but that's different.
1: How? Narrative and story mean exactly the same thing. But
0: environmentalist and capitalist mean different things.
1: Yeah, but they both function as the same adjective.
0: I totally disagree. Okay. Environmentalist implies that there's a moral aspect to it. Capitalist is just the system that they live in.
1: No, they're just both adjectives to describe the narrative yeah, of the Yeah, but they're story. used differently.
0: You're an English literature graduate. I don't need to explain adjectives to you Adjectives are used how... in the same way. That's
1: why they're adjectives. They're used adjectives. in the same way, but
0: you don't think they've got different purposes in the way they're used? You don't think... Okay, you don't think environmentalist and capitalist carry different meanings.
1: They do carry different meanings. Okay.
0: Do you think environmentalist carries an inherent moral meaning? Right? Yes. Do you think capitalist does?
1: Yes. Why? Because capitalism is immoral.
0: Okay, but that's nothing to do with the actual adjective. That's your opinions about capitalism. This is the great thing about an...
1: words is that we can have different yeah. opinions about yeah, them. Yeah, but you're as... wrong. <laughs> no, it's okay to have different opinions. You're being
0: ridiculously nitpicky and you're also wrong about the thing you're nitpicking about. I'm not wrong. <laughs> okay.
1: Get in the comments and tell Will while I'm... why I'm right. Okay. <laughs> I'm so right. Anyway. Well, well,
0: you know, if by so right, you mean being pedantic <laughs> and then used a bad example to back it up and just told me, uh, oh, words, are... everything's subjective. Then, yeah, you're right.
1: I don't think I'm wrong. Okay. I think it's fair that we could have... Di- I'm not saying you're wrong.
0: Oh, um,
1: I think that we could have different opinions about okay. words, and that's fine, and I respect your different opinion. Uh, I
0: don't respect your opinion. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and uh, enjoy taking the moral high ground in the story about drug kingpins.
1: I'm very excited to watch it, because it's I'm supposed to be to one of those, too. like, standalone yes. films that everyone talks about, and it feels very much... Films like this, I feel like I have to reach the correct moment in my life to give it the due respect they deserve because yeah. they're so sort of revered. in Yeah, canon. I think that's
0: true. I I think it carries less. I don't want to say like less, you know, artistic value. Use like the wrong word, but um, social you know, currency. Yes, also in that it's like it's a gangster film, so hmm. it's more. Uh, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. Um,
1: Lowbrow, not yeah, in a bad yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, not not lowbrow, but it's yeah, it's more culturally understood. It's more culturally understood. It's more kind of like comic booky. There's violence. There's yeah. drugs and swearing. It's not considered like high art, I suppose. Uh, I know you need to appreciate it in yeah, in your own way, but I think it's one of those things where you can get away with appreciating the the yeah. the, the silliness and the spectacle of it. Maybe
1: as much as I sort of hate this canonization of say schlocky action movies over like schlocky romance in terms mm-hmm. of value i do think that it's very cool that like not that scarface is a silly movie but that like fun not entirely serious films yeah can be considered like culturally significant as much as i was dunking on the avengers um i'm glad it makes it more accessible it makes it less um oh what's the word when you're kind of being like
0: I, I i would offer something where you probably just <laughs> criticize my word use and go adjectives all mean the same thing it's so. fine
1: there's nothing morally wrong with having okay. a different opinion than me um uh oh when you talk down to someone patronizing i think it, it there's a lack of patronizing that's kind of like going through the film film appreciation and i think that's neat mm. I took a really long time to say, like, one thing. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm
0: sure you'll cut that yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. you, You're doing a your little, little grabbing, crap. hands.
1: hands. Um, prior to our discussion about different word use, though, <laughs> I do think a really good word for you um, would be zeitgeist. Yes. the Spirit of the time. Yeah. Um, it's just a fun word. I like it a lot, especially because it really means, I think the literal translation is time ghost. Yes, which is very cool. I'm sure
0: our German friend Rob, uh, our friend who speaks German, Robin, yes, Who might be listening.
1: That would be very one. cool. It's one of my favorite cool. words.
0: Well, I think it's about time that we stop. Um, <laughs> yeah, after derailing
1: that conversation. Basically,
0: after, after yeah, after you derailing my point to be pedantic. I
1: think it's good that we have. I think discourse. so too.
0: So what I was trying to say, <laughs> about, sort of five minutes ago, is that films, you know, I feel like represent the spirit of the mm. of the society in which they were made mm. and. You know, 1980s US still in the Cold War yeah um, with absolutely. its attitudes to immigration but with like after effects of the Vietnam War and its opinions mm. like I say on immigration on capitalism and things like that um, it should be really interesting to see kind of what the, what the moral message of this film is and how that reflects U.S. society yeah the I'm really excited yeah I'm looking forward to it too
1: we'll see you guys yeah. at the drive-in we'll go, yeah vroom, let's, vroom. Go the <laughs> let's go
0: to the movies let's go to the movies
1: drive-in or to the drive-in. To the drive-in. Welcome back to the drive-in. I, I
0: was like, we've just, I was going to be like, we've just finished the interval, but in the interval we watched the film. That's yeah. not how intervals work. That's
1: not how intervals work.
0: Um, speaking of intervals, once, uh, because I like sports and Am really likes, like we both like movies, but Am likes plays a lot. Mm-hmm. So we have both in the past, I've been to a theatre with Am and asked her when halftime was, and Am before at a football stadium has referred to halftime as the interval,
1: um, I would also say speaking of intervals, it's been about a month since we watched the movie.
0: <laughs> um, it has, Whoopsie. but that's unimportant. This is why we record in advance.
1: Exactly. Because
0: what may have seemed like seconds <laughs> to you, dear listener, was in fact weeks for and I.
1: But, you know what, I took very good notes.
0: You did, and I have the Wikipedia page open for the <laughs> so show. So,
1: before we go through the plot, I just want initial initial thoughts.
0: Initial thoughts: It was my first time watching the movie. I have watched um, a few of the other like classic. I think it's fair to call this like, a mob movie, like gangster. mob crime, gangster sort of movies of this period. I think Scarface is good. I don't think it's on the level, particularly of some of those other like Scorsese mm. films. Mm-hmm. Is, is is my take? I enjoyed it. I don't think it's a top one hundred best film of all time. Yeah, is my that's my like headline take on this. What about you?
1: My initial take um, is that. It felt very... I think this is where there's any kind of dramatic movie. It felt very Shakespearean. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, it fell kind of in the same category as Schindler's List. Not in terms of quality, but in terms of... Oh, cool. I'm really glad I watched that movie. Never going to watch it again.
0: (laughs) Absolutely.
1: I I really felt the cultural resonance that it had. But Mm -hmm. um, not for me. And uh, also, before we move on to addressing the plot do we want to talk a bit about the casting choices
0: so by that you mean al pacino who is a white man playing a um, latino character
1: yeah manny um the character of manny mm-hmm. is the only um character played by a cuban actor yeah. and the main cast are predominantly supposed to be cuban is my understanding
0: uh, yeah, absolutely. That's um that's great. Particularly Tony, his and his family and, mm. and Manny, as you say. Um, I will say it's a it is a fantastic performance by Al Pacino, Yeah, don't get me wrong. Um, and he is doing a very good from what I understand, because not something I'm particularly versed in him, mm. but apparently he's doing a good Cuban accent, and it's a performance that's generally well received by Cuban people. Yeah. However, it has to you know, it cannot be overstated enough that he is, you know, that he is appropriating, yeah, um, another racist culture and particularly a race which has been discriminated against a lot in, yeah. in the U.S. for this film I, as a white man.
1: Yeah, I would say that my understanding of this, again, I think, as two white people, we don't really have anything to add to this conversation mm-hmm. in particular. But I thought it would be sort of false to not recognise that point yeah
0: I feel like it's definitely yeah I mean it, A this movie's been out for nearly 40 years now yeah. 40 years next year um so I feel like a lot of the personal conversations have already been had yeah and I B totally like agree. you said this isn't our personal experience and we don't have yeah. personal experience to add into it I feel like it's definitely still worth mentioning that we are bearing it in mind
1: yeah and i think to kind of wrap this point up before we go on and discuss mm. the movie further um when i'm editing this i'm going to endeavor to find some resources uh, by uh latino and latina people and uh talking about the movie and mm. i will post them in the episode description for you guys to go and check out
0: yeah absolutely
1: um so getting to the plot i have a beat by beat notes that i've taken okay they begin arrive in cuba <laughs>
0: I'm from Cuba. Yes,
1: arrived from Cuba. To Miami? Yes. Um, my note about Manny being the only Cuban actor who was cast, mm-hmm. and they didn't know that he was Cuban when they cast him, they just liked yeah. his look.
0: The actor is um, Stephen Bauer.
1: Um, the note I've made is that I really enjoyed the stylized violence. I'm a yes. big fan of stylized fight choreography. It's one of the uh, things that you may have heard me complain about in previous Marvel movies. I only feel like recently they've hired a really good fight coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think it's done, the tension and the dramaticism is done, like, incredibly well in that first scene in the apartment on the beachfront when they, like, cut that guy's leg off.
0: Absolutely. Um, And something which is really interesting is Brian De Palma, the director, isn't necessarily most well known for being an action director. Mm. A lot of his previous directorial work is actually more, like, crime or psychological thrillers, such as... Um, just before this film, he did Carrie. Yeah. Um, this this young yeah. uh, novel. I, oh, I um, know Carrie. Yeah, right. But he and he's also done a few other bits and pieces, like The Untouchables and Mission Impossible, where it's a lot more about tension and suspense. And he's not an out-and-out action yeah. director. And I feel like that adds a really interesting twist to the like action yeah. formula.
1: I feel like I've gotten ahead of myself as well a little bit. So mm-hmm. in the movie, we have um, our hero Tony. Arrive, hero. Oh, yeah. Arrive, our protagonist. our protagonist. Arrive from Cuba. He gets uh, as an immigrant. Mm-hmm. He gets put in a sort of refugee camp yep. area. Um, he's then offered a job by murdering someone who was complicit in the um, Castro regime.
0: Yes, he's, he's, a, he's a former yeah. um, Cuban general.
1: Um, which he does, he gets a job as a dishwasher in Miami mm-hmm. and then joins a gang and slowly works his way up the ranks. To
0: becoming a major drug lord.
1: Yes. Yeah. So that's kind of a play by play of the plot. Um, one of my, the highlights for me in this is I didn't know if Mary Abraham was in this movie. I love that guy.
0: <laughs> no, me too. I he's think he's fantastic. Stand
1: out, he does a great job.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, he plays Omar, who is the uh, sort of right hand man to Frank, who's yeah. sort of the, the um, drug lord at the start.
1: Yeah. Um, I also think there's a really interesting way, especially if we're looking at the character of the femme fatale, comparing Michelle Pfeiffer in this movie, who does an incredible job, mm-hmm. to... Uh, Ingrid
0: Bergman. Yeah, exactly. Blanca, which right. Is our last episode, which you can find on our Twitter, but, uh,
1: <laughs> Um So, I mean, the parallels between those characters. Mm-hmm. I feel something that's really interesting and subversive about both those characters is their sexual pleasure is really championed in a way that a lot of movies didn't really do that with uh, female love interests. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they also... They both go in totally different directions in that um, Ingrid Ilse um, uh, allies herself with a sort of uh, hero who stands his ground, Mm -hmm. whereas Michelle Pfeiffer's character, whose name I'm blanking on... um, Uh, Elvira. Elvira. Oh my God, what a good name. Yeah. um, Sort of allies herself with quote-unquote, bad people for security and money, both mm-hmm. of them going in totally opposite directions with their character arcs. Absolutely. It's a really nice parallel, and I hope we get a lot more of these throughout this movie. Um, kind of going on from female sexual pleasure, there is, I'm going to, to put trigger warning on this episode, I guess, but yeah. there is a bit of discourse about um, performing oral sex on women, mm-hmm. which is a really interesting moment on masculinity. I just wanted to know if you had any thoughts about that scene. Um, I don't, to be honest. That's fair. I think it's really interesting uh, because it's sort of addressing what their masculinity can mean, whether they're subservient to women, because Tony criticizes his friend Manny for sort of suggesting he perform oral sex on women, saying, you know, oh, that's kind of, you know, that's not very manly. Yeah. But then by him sort of trying to make money to take care of his ultimate wife, Elvira, and his sister, Mm -hmm. he is in some ways also being like subservient to female needs. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was interesting. Uh, I feel like the t- the pacing is really um, not what I expected. I thought this would be quite a, a an action movie that took place over a short period of time, but it no, spans more Tony's, a, lo- a large portion of his life.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So uh, so it takes place over um, about four years, mm. it looks like, because it starts in 1980 and then it kind of ends towards the end of
1: 1983.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, it takes place over sort of a large Amount of time, and they kind of do. It, there's almost vignettes of his life in that period. Yeah. So it it just shows it uses that very much to demonstrate his character growth, and they pick these little moments across these years really well to demonstrate mm. his changes. And what, another thing I think this film does brilliantly is using um, characters like Manny, uh, like Tony's sister uh, Gina or Tony's mum.
1: Gina's great. Uh,
0: yeah. Like Tony's family Mm. and Manny, who we see at the start, they're they're almost um, quite, well, particularly Tony's family, are quite static characters and they're a barometer by which we can see how much Tony's changed. So there's a scene where Tony goes back to, um, or where Tony goes to visit his mum and sister and his mum refuses to welcome him in and... That's a really good way of hammering home to the audience just how much Tony's changed. Yeah, because we sort of see him go through the journey, but by by then comparing him to where he came from, yeah. his parents who are very traditional like Cuban uh, people, then you see how much he's changed.
1: Yeah, I tra- and
0: you can also sorry, and you can also contrast that with Manny, who similarly changes, but in a different trajectory and manny is welcomed by tony's sister you know they
1: manny's my boy
0: yeah they 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 get together whereas tony is rejected by his family has an antagonistic relationship with his sister so um that that sort of yeah i think is an interesting contrast and a really effective way of showing just how drastic tony's change of personality has been
1: yeah i think so the kind of two notes firstly the bad guy speech Mm. Uh, in like I think that's sort of the two thirds of the way through the film. Yeah. That iconic um, moment was just I thought a really mm. good summation of the movie, which kind of led me to make these sort of final notes as a summation. Mm. Obviously, the end of the movie doesn't end up going well for Tony. Yes, he uh, kills the people he loves and is then killed, which is honestly Shakespearean tragedy right there. Yeah. Um. So I've kind of written down these two different interpretations of the movie, which is a negative and racist portrayal of immigrants in america as thugs that isn't even given to a latino actor Mm -hmm. or a subversive portrayal of a man and um a subset of culture and of immigrants in the u.s who can literally only achieve success and security through violence
0: yeah absolutely and i feel like that's almost um it's it's not a prestige but um you know, the stereotype of the American dream, mm, the streets of paper absolutely. With gold. Absolutely. Anyone can be anyone in America. You just need to work hard enough. And yet it, it shows how for, for immigrants and for people that are uh, outcast by, by America, um, how sort of challenging that is effectively.
1: Yeah. And I mean, how that
0: narrative really shifts.
1: I mean, a large portion in his early start in his drug career Yeah, is you sort of have F. Murray Abraham who plays and is a Jewish man mm-hmm um and i believe michelle pfeiffer's yeah. the the love interest at the start of that is also jewish which is um another identity of you know a rejected uh, culture and group in america yeah um but i think that my summation is essentially that you know it's not i think that a white man can't play a white cuban because there are white people who are from cuba Um, it's just that I feel like this was made by essentially an entirely white production team in Hollywood an American production team in Hollywood who thought maybe that they were doing something or aiding in some way by telling an immigrant story without involving immigrants in its production and its telling Um, and that for me I think stands out against the movie, I, I understand what they were trying to do with it and I think they in some part achieved it but it, it almost feels like it's behind this sheet of glass or this story mm-hmm. that you didn't hear directly but you heard through someone else. Yeah,
0: entirely. And um, I think part of the reason for that is, I don't know if you knew this, this film is based on a film from 1932. Yes. Also called Scarface, which has a very similar plot. Um, so Scarface, the one that we're talking about, the 1983 version, uh, was inspired because Al Pacino saw the original Yeah, film, if you
1: thought this was about the original movie, you've picked the wrong episode. I'm very sorry.
0: Right. Um, <laughs> And this film from the '30s was about an Italian American, yeah. because it was based on the life of Al Capone. Yeah. And I think uh, t- to have something that more or less has a lot of the same plot beats, but then you you shift. It's still about immigration. It's still about yeah the American capitalist, uh, you know, inverted commas dream and that sort of myth of um, the American dream. Yeah. But it takes place 50 years later in changing attitudes to America's role. As a country, America's um, status and America's attitude to immigrants, both, mm. you know, Italian and then Hispanic. I think that's a really interesting change. And if you were to double bill those movies, you would notice some yeah. daring, um, interesting shifts between portrayal.
1: Mm. I think... I think it's kind of becoming a note that every single movie you watch, I'm walking away being like, oh, that was a good movie. I wish they'd just done this. they just done this, yeah. Yeah, like with Infinity War, you know, I wish they'd focused on Gamora. Mm-hmm. With the last movie we watched, we both were like... Casablanca. We were like, well, wasn't this about Sam? It's a right. much better story. And in the same way, I feel like if this movie had South American uh, immigrants or people of uh, Cuban descent... Mm-hmm um sorry cuba isn't in south america cuba is in the american it's continent in, in, in central, central america central but
0: yeah um, you, you can say hispanic or a...
1: yeah um people from those cultures in major production roles in this movie whether that be acting writing directing producing and
0: i like to imagine that if this movie was made today that it would have i hope so you you would hope so yeah Something else which is interesting about this movie, which I found out when I was looking up um, sort of the background to its production, was that although it was inspired by Al Pacino, um, and he sort of came up with the idea mm. to rejuvenate the story after seeing it, the uh, the title role was originally offered to Robert De Niro.
1: Y- yeah. What wow. sort
0: of film do you think this would have been? Do you think it would have been better if it had Robert De Niro? Or do you think it's the same film? Like the performances are different, but do you think the the problems are still the same?
1: I think the problems are similar. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert, De- Al, um, Al Capone, not Al Capone. Yeah. Um, what's the name of the lead actor in this film? Al-, Al Pacino. Al Pacino, sorry. I fully blacked out for a second. Okay. Al Pacino has this wiriness to him in his younger mm-hmm. years, almost constantly being on edge, that I don't think De Niro has. Yeah. And I think as much as, you know, I don't think Al Pacino should have been cast in the lead role of this movie, un- you know, unless there was some other people in the production team who could offer better insight into the story, I, I think he does bring this intenseness to a role. Mm-hmm. Not that Robert De Niro is intense. I find him intense in a different way.
0: Yeah.
1: Does that make sense?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, just, just a bit more background on kind of the casting and Al Pacino's yeah. um, uh, creative process, I suppose, in this movie... Um, a body double he worked with was a boxer called Roberto Duran, mm. who was uh, Panamanian, mm. so from Panama. Mm. And um, it was by working with Robert uh, with Roberto Duran that he that uh, Al Pacino kind of developed the character he wanted for that That's movie. That's cool. It was really based okay. on this, this man from Panama, as his performance. Yeah. And a lot of his dialect was also based on conversations with um, with Bauer, who played yeah. Manny.
1: That's good. So
0: a lot of it is based on conversations and interactions with Central American um, people. So yeah. It seems to me, although obviously it's problematic, yeah. it's, a, it's a white man playing a uh, a Hispanic character, that um, there was m- a lot of effort made to understand and appreciate.
1: From Al Pacino's part. From Al Pacino's yeah. part, yeah. Not from,
0: not from, the, not from the studio. Oh, God.
1: Um, me, I'm just going to cough for a second. <coughs> <coughs>
0: and okay, you go. wanted to talk a bit more... About uh, Gina who is played by Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio who is um, an Italian uh, actress.
1: For me Gina's the hero of the story. Mm -hmm. She's great. She's just trying to live her life. She's trying to escape the control of her brother. Um, She almost ends the story happily married to someone she loves very much Mm -hmm. and I think her passion um, is really unmatched throughout the movie. I think she's a very well written female character.
0: Like he
1: i think she's a very well-written female character and uh i really like her yeah that's just kind of all i wanted to say in my little gina fan corner, your,
0: your gina fan corner. Yeah. yeah absolutely and i feel like
1: who is uh, your favorite character
0: my favorite character i think um sosa the the drug lord who turns out to be the eventual villain of the movie oh yeah he's cool really interesting when he's paralleled with tony mm. um and they're they're sort of different personalities
1: Totally, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, another thing I want to comment on: uh, the last scene of the movie, as sort of Tony falls from his balcony in his yeah. house, and been shot a million times, uh, and had that epic gunfight, and he's got like a sub rifle and like, a yeah. list. He falls into a fountain, and there's a statue which has a inscription on it saying "The world is yours," oh. which is something that Tony saw in an advertising blimp. And I just thought the the flashbacks this, and he lands in front of the statue, and then the shot cuts to like in front of. A really tight close-up mm. on the statue's inscription, and, and I just thought the way that was so explicit and so viscerally done mm. in this film is a real. It actually reminded me of more classic sort of fifties and forties, yeah. like old school Hollywood movies where they just make no bones about the more, you know, the moral of the story. Yeah. Really. and it's they,
1: very in your face. Yeah,
0: they just. But it's in your face, not due to lack of nuance. It's in your face deliberately because they're trying to be blunt and they're trying yeah. to.
1: It's really interesting that that in this sort of Greed is Good era that produced, um, you know, movies like American Psycho, Mm -hmm. um, what other Greed is Good? Well, Greed greed is Good comes from Wall Street. Yeah, like the boom of Wall Street, the, the, like, focus on merchandising for art. I do think it's really interesting um, that we have such a blatant... Criticism of that philosophy—that's mm-hmm. uh, neat. Also, I'm fully convinced the scene in which John Travolta and Uma Thurman dance is taken from um, that bit where Tony goes dancing with Elvira. Uh,
0: absolutely, it felt very yeah uh, familiar. And that bit in Pulp Fiction—I'm sure we'll touch on in the future because that is definitely in the basket. Um, I think that's about all we have to say about Scarface. Mm. Uh, we have drawn the next film. Oh God! And
1: get ready for me to talk about gender
0: talk about gender, and I'm probably going to talk a lot about H.R. Geiger. That's right, uh, movie fans. The next episode of The Date Night Drive-In, we're going to be watching Alien. Not Aliens. Alien. There's just one of them this time. All
1: I know about this movie is that the cat lives.
0: Oh, the cat does live.
1: Otherwise, I'd straight up refuse to watch it.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. 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 The cat cat does live. a point avoid the cat living. Um, uh, Spoilers. And... um, um, uh, I'm looking forward to watching one of the most magisterial horror, like one of the most classic horror yeah. films of the genre, and maybe... <laughs> with a
1: giant worse. Yeah, with a giant
0: <laughs> worse. And for context, Anne hates horror films, and she's agreed to watch this film only if we watch it while it's light outside, and afterwards we watch cartoons. Yes, correct. That correct. That's correct. Cool. And we may or may not have a guest. We may not may have. We a haven't third decided world. yet.
1: We'll see. A third
0: wheel, not a third wheel. A third, third wheel.
1: Who's joining us at the date night drive-in? Correct. A little cinema et toi? No?
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, that's bad. I don't like that. <laughs> so, um, we'll just touch on what we always do in in, in this, which is mm? do you feel like Scarface deserves its place on the list? Where was it? Uh, I don't know. I couldn't find that. Oh, oh I, it's actually probably my document. Okay. But, uh.
1: That, I can't answer the question until I don't know where it oh, was.
0: But do you feel like it deserves a place on the top 100, first of all? <laughs>
1: I don't know, I feel, well, 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 that's I think, unhelpful. I think top 150 Def. I just don't think I've watched enough movies to be like, this is one of the 100 best mm-hmm. movies of all time, I thought it was really well made, I thought it was important. In- you,
0: you've done an excellent job of adopting the question, just <laughs> yes or no, binary answer, is it one of the top 100 best films of all time, do you think?
1: Yes, okay. objectively, no subjectively. Okay,
0: and what's the film that you put in over it?
1: If I was doing my top 100? Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh, that's a good question. Just
0: a film that you feel like deserves more appreciation.
1: Um, i probably put... Uh, Hustlers. That's a good gangster movie that I like.
0: And that's a really good choice, because it's, it's in the, shame, the same genre. Yeah. And following that same track, then, the one I'm going to put forward is uh, By the Safdie Brothers. It's an A24 film starring Ugh. Robert Pattinson. And it's A Good Time, which oh, is cool. an excellent, modern um, sort of gangster flick.
1: This is a Robert Pattinson stand podcast. It is a Robert we Pattinson love you, stand Bob.
0: Podcast. Unfortunately, I don't think any film that he's in is on this list. Ah, oh, rip. I don't think there's anything that like would be. The Lighthouse isn't on there, which I think is the most like worthy film that he's done. Will
1: says, "Lighthouse Stands unite." If hey, the five people out there who understood the Lighthouse, yeah. Will is here I'm ready for you to say hi. Um,
0: actually, I don't think there's any. Oh no, there's one A twenty-four film. I think When's maybe it? two. Uh, I'm not going to tell you. We'll get there when we get there. But to do that, you have Mm -hmm. to join us next time in The Date Night Drive In.
1: Quickly, where can people find us?
0: Um, So, first of all, you can find back issues of the show on Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get great podcasts. Just search for The Date Night Drive In. We're also on Twitter at D8, as in the number 8, Night Drive In. Um, And then for other things (laughs) that you can hear our lovely voices, we are both on a podcast. Called a rendezvous with destiny it's an actual play ttrpg podcast where we play a system called scion which is like american gods crossed with percy jackson and that's very much the tone and setting of our game uh, you can find that at rwd underscore pod i also appear in a uh, great actual play podcast uh with friend of the show hamilton we love you ham um that's at dragon's duel where we randomly generated characters playing DD themed minigames and we're now playing this absolutely bizarre, weird and wonderful multiplayer sort of extravaganza of a game with all sorts of alternate timelines and things like that. Absolutely bonkers off the wall. Um that's I'm just gonna promo two of my things. I've got other yeah. things going on, but I'll, I'll get to them in the future episodes of this.
1: I have some few other things going on. You can find me on Deck of Many Aces, mm-hmm. also an actual play podcast. We play Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. It's a very good time. Uh, you can also find me in the upcoming season of Brain Adventures. Uh, it's called The Defectives Club, and we play a bunch of teen detectives mm-hmm. solving mysteries, being charming and adorable, and there's definitely not going to be any spooky, ooky murder things. No, sir, no serial killers returning.
0: Hey, Exactly. And where can people find Brain Adventures, sorry?
1: Uh, at Brain Adv on Twitter mm-hmm. or on you know, Spotify, it's Acast. It's at BrainADV Podcast. Oh, at BrainADV. I'm not good. I'm sorry, guys. I'm, I'm not good I'm, at I'm promoting at promo. this. I'm bad at promos. And
0: still reject any compliment that you throw her way.
1: Um, so. I'm like, uh, rubber, you can't stick to me. Okay. Oh.
0: Uh, and speak of, speaking not, of rubber, speaking of rubber,
1: spin those wheels,
0: it, spin those wheels, leave the driving because we're going to yeah, drive now. Yeah, we the did it! What, what an ending! What a segue! <laughs> we'll see you guys next time on
1: date Night Driving.